I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. So excited to have you here this week as we are going to be changing things up just a little bit this week. So for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking a lot about hypothalamic amenorrhea And I know the majority of you who listen to this podcast are listening for those recovery stories to help you continue and feel strength throughout your own HA recovery journey. However, we're changing it up this week, and I know you know this, but... The Unbreakable You podcast isn't just about getting your period back, although I must share, I am on my period this week. And I must also let you know that it literally never gets old. I recovered from HA back in August of 2019, and I got my period on Sunday morning, this past Sunday. And I literally started crying and it just, it feels like the first time, every single time I get it back month after month, I'm just so freaking grateful. Our bodies are so incredible. So anyways, that was a side tangent about how awesome it is to get your period back every single month after recovering from HA. But like I said, This podcast this week is actually not about HA or recovery story at all. We are diving into astrology this week. So we have a pretty awesome full moon coming up for us on November 30th. So, you know, just make sure you're mindful of that date. November 30th. And what I really love to do when it's the full moon, I love just making sure I set some time aside to admire her. The full moon is so beautiful. So I hope you can just, again, maybe pencil it in to your agenda that the full moon is on November 30th and just make some time to at least admire her. If you want to go farther than that, Rux and I are talking about full moon rituals that you can do this week and how the full moon on the 30th will specifically be impacting you. So we're actually entering eclipse season. Rux and I talk about that and I'm so excited for you to learn a little bit more about astrology today because I actually get asked about astrology a lot 
One of the questions I receive most often about astrology is how I started to learn about astrology and just understand it better. So what I would recommend you do is start following Rex. She's absolutely incredible. You can find her on YouTube and on Instagram and on YouTube. She has these absolutely incredible YouTube videos. She releases multiple videos a month that have really helped me understand astrology better and the full and the new moons and just astrology overall. So if you're wanting to deepen your understanding of astrology, I highly recommend you checking out her work, but also just hop over on social media. Check how many astrology accounts you're following and maybe, you know, start following a few and that will also help you just understand and begin that learning process more. Honestly, it's not that I've sat down and read any astrology books. I truly just dedicate some time to watching like YouTube videos and learning from people like Rex. So Rex is on the show with me this week. She's so cool. She's an Aquarius sun. So her sun sign is my rising sign and I just love her so much. And for all of you girls who are in my Back Home to You coaching program, Rex actually recorded a bonus module for me. So inside Back Home to You, you have access to this bonus module to help you deepen your inner child healing. So throughout Back Home to You, I've included specific bonus modules, one with Rex on astrology, and then we also have human design and Enneagram bonus modules as well. And these bonus modules are part of Back Home to You, so you can start to understand and learn more about yourself. Rex even says that in this episode. Learning about astrology and connecting with this knowledge really allows us to connect even deeper with our highest self. So that's exactly what I want for all of my girls inside Back Home to You. So I've added some extra bonus modules so we can start doing this deep inner healing work that I guide you through inside Back Home to You. But we also talk about things like astrology, the Enneagram, and human design so you can understand yourself even more. Okay, so now that we're talking about Back Home to You, we have a really special episode coming out next week, so stay tuned for that. But this week, it's all about Rex. We're talking astrology and the full moon, full moon rituals, and I'm so excited for you to learn more. Now let's jump over to the show. Hey, it's me, Meg, again. Okay, just a heads up that my microphone was doing something wonky while I was recording with Rux, and it was such a great episode, and she sounds totally fine. 
So I didn't think it was worth re-recording the entire episode. And since it is a podcast episode interviewing Rux, she does most of the talking. So you don't actually hear from me much, but I just wanted to give you a heads up that the audio quality on my end isn't the best this week, but as you can tell, I've fixed it now, so the podcast that you listen to next week will be back to normal. Hey Rex, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here this week. So good to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Meg. It's it's such an honor. Oh my gosh, I just love your energy so much and it feels so cool to be sitting down with you again and just chatting. So I first came across your YouTube channel through one of my best friends, JD. She's been on the show multiple times and I just really love astrology and kind of like knowing what's going on during the month and like maybe according to my birth chart, how it's going to affect me. And my friend JD was like, you should really watch Rex's YouTube channel. So you do these monthly horoscope readings for every single sign of the zodiac signs for the entire month. And it's like freakishly spot on. And I feel like there's a lot of astrologers out there, especially if you go on YouTube, there's so many and you just kind of like don't know who to choose. And I'm just so grateful that JD pointed me towards you because you're just so incredible. And I love your energy too. Thank you. Oh, Meg, thank you so much. That is that is such a lovely uh, intro. So uh, to give you a, a little bit of background of how I uh, how I got into astrology and what I do currently, um, I started studying astrology uh, almost nine years ago in my uh, natal Romania. I started studying with uh, with an, an actual like astrologer as a mentor. A lot of people actually uh, ask me if I if I come from like a background at where my my parents or my family is interested in this types of topics, and it's a big no. So my parents are both engineers. They have zero interest in anything that is outside of the uh, realm of like logic. Um, I always say that uh, astrology found me. So when I when I met my uh, mentor through one of my old workplaces, we we clicked and I started studying with her straight away. Uh, then I uh, started doing a lot of studying on my own, which is something that I continue to do. And it's a uh, I would say it's a it's an ongoing process. Um, I've also studied for one year at the Faculty of Astrological Studies in London, which I highly, highly recommend for uh, for uh, anyone who's interested in taking their astrological practice to the uh, next level. I am currently a uh, full-time astrologer, so this is, uh, this is what I do uh, as a uh, major source of, uh, of living, and I absolutely consider it my purpose in this lifetime as well. I do have a very uh, corporate background. I used to work in uh, public relations in advertising and marketing. Uh, my last uh, job before I quit the corporate world was actually at the New York Times. So a lot of people are like, ah, like that is a big change. I'm like, yes, it kind of is. But like astrology is a lot more scientific and numbers focused than you would imagine. So there's a lot of overlap between what I used to do and what I do now. Um, 
in my astrology practice, I work with uh, clients uh, mainly. So I uh, offer various types of readings for clients uh, on a one-to-one basis. We are looking at uh, their natal chart. We are looking at um, the year ahead. We're doing forecasts together. Um, I also do uh, compatibility readings, uh, love and relationships focus. So depending on the client's needs, uh, there's a lot that I think anyone can take from astrology. And uh, I also uh, run a uh, YouTube channel. I create content for uh, for my YouTube channel, which is uh, what you've been uh, talking about, Meg, uh, which indeed the majority of my uh, content uh, in like the past couple of years, I think, uh, is focused on the monthly horoscopes. Um, I also do kind of like bi-monthly updates now for the full moon and the, uh, and, and the new moon. Um, and I consider them kind of like a gateway into the fascinating world of, uh, of astrology. If you're saying that my uh, monthly horoscopes are accurate, then uh, I would say uh, it, when, once you start diving into uh, personalized transits based on your own personal natal chart, then that is even more freakishly uh, accurate um, because it, it is reflective of your unique blueprint of the sky at the time when you were uh, born. Um, a lot of people ask me, oh, so does this mean that uh, this is something that has to happen to me because like uh, my horoscope says so, or how can I use horoscopes? How can I use your forecast structs uh, in my in my life on a day-to-day basis? I don't want to be narrowed by what you're, uh, by what you're telling me. And uh, the way I look at it is I see astrology as a tool that helps us live more um, in awareness with the energies of the universe, so more in alignment with the cosmic timing. Astrology does not by any means take our free will away. I am a modern astrologer, so I am a huge advocate of free will. I say, listen, you have this window of opportunity, you can take it, or you can say, you know what, Uh, throw the astrology out the window, I don't care, I'm not going to take the opportunity. So you always have your free will to choose. We always have an option, even when we feel like we don't have an option, not doing anything is also an option. Um, But I do like to help my clients kind of like Uh, know when there is a big window, for instance, uh, happening for them. And they feel this already. And most people who I work with say, I've been feeling this. My inner voice was telling me this, but I needed kind of like validation. Um, And that's exactly what what astrology does. Astrology gets you much more in touch with your inner higher self. It gives you confirmation. It gives you validation. And it points you in the direction where deep down, you already knew that you were supposed to or meant to or pulled to go to walk, but we've got like uh, social pressures. We've got all sorts of expectations that we internalize. We've got the conscious mind and the ego, which kind of like steps in the way and says, oh, but what are people going to say if you do this? What are people going to say if you change your career? What are they going to say if you like choose to do something that fully fulfills you, but is not in alignment with what society expects of your gender. Um, So I do believe that astrology helps us live much more uh, in tune with the cosmos and with 
ourselves, with our higher selves and with our uh, purpose and mission. We all have it. We all feel it somewhere deep down inside, but alas, we need an objective language kind of like coming from a third party, an external third party, such, an astrolo such as an astrologer who doesn't know you. They have no interest in what's happening in your life. We don't care. Like, I mean, not that we don't care, but like we have no vested interest in what you're going to do with your life. And we are here to like translate the language of the cosmos for you so that you can make a conscious choice. Um, big intro, I know. <laughs> Incredible. No, you. I love that you have so much to say. And that's kind of why I love your monthly horoscopes is they're so jam-packed with info. And I actually do have one question for you. When we listen to those monthly horoscopes, you do recommend that we listen to both our sun and rising signs. So can you talk a little bit about why that is? Because I know a lot of people will just start with their sun sign, but then the rising sign is really important too. That is, that's, that's absolutely right. And really good question. Um, so there's two aspects to the sun and the rising. I usually say folks, listen to your rising first because you are much more likely to going to relate to it on a day-to-day -day level. So in terms of what's happening in your external life and the areas of your life that are emphasized in that particular month, I am going to say this, that's much more likely to resonate with your rising sign. The reason for this is the following. The rising sign is the sign that was that was essentially rising on the eastern horizon at the time of your birth. So in order to find out your rising sign, you got to know your time of birth. Ask your ask your mom, ask your parents, uh, like uh, dig out your uh, your uh, birth certificate, and that's how you can find out what your rising sign is. Now, our unique natal chart, which is the map of the sky at the time when we were born, essentially starts with the rising sign. So that's where we are born at the rising sign. So the rising sign is also our sense of identity out into the world, according to the outside world. It's what the world sees when they look at us. And if we think of horoscopes, a lot of people watch horoscopes because they want to know what's going to happen in my day-to-day -day life. Like, uh, am, am I going to get a new job? Am I going to fight with my boyfriend or whatnot? If we think of the symbolism, the outside world sees you as your rising sign, then the horoscope for your rising sign is likely to be the one that you relate to the most on a day-to-day -day kind of like material level. Now, I also tell folks, you know what? You can also listen to your sun sign. The sun sign is based on your um, date of birth. And it is essentially the sign that the sun was in when you were born. And it's generally what most people know. Um, the sun is what our ego tells us. So it's not how the world sees us. It's not how we appear out into, into the world. It's what the ego tells us we should be. It's what we aspire to be. It's the hero journey in this lifetime. Uh, the way I like to, to, to refer to it is we become our sun sign in our head consciously. Like I'm an Aquarius. I'm like, ah, I'm all about equality and freedom and uh, choice and liberty. And that doesn't mean that on a day-to-day -day basis, I act like it. It just means that these values in my head, I, I would love for them to represent me and I would love to be the embodiment of them. It doesn't mean that I am. <laughs> so it's something that you aspire to be and you 
you identify with those values or better better said your ego identifies with those values it doesn't mean that you embody them all so you could look at the um you could watch the sun sign horoscope to see more of what's happening i would say on an internal level but less so on an external level on a day-to-day -day basis so that's why if you only listen to one sign listen to your rising if you want to see what's happening on the around you and where you're called and if like you're if, if something's going to break down in your house or whatnot listen to your rising wow that is such a great tip i i personally just learned something new about listening to your horoscopes so that is great to know i will now be listening to aquarius specifically or first i should say first. yeah or if i only have time for one i'll listen to aquarius what's your rising sign by the way my yeah. rising sign is cancer okay uh, yeah 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 uh so the rising just to elaborate a little bit more on it is how we approach the world um it's it's the window through which the world looks at us and it's also the window through which we approach the world so if we were to think of ourselves as being a building the rising sign is the front door so you go out through the front door other people enter through the front door but there, there's the building behind it that uh, the world doesn't see but there's a whole building uh, like behind the rising sign so it's kind of like the point of entry the rising sign is also how we start things so kind of like our approach to like new beginnings uh, as as an aquarius rising for instance you approach things from a very intellectual standpoint so you probably most likely utilize the logical mind to assess to analyze to kind of like take your distance and see the big picture and point out the objective kind of like facts of like what you're working with you're also thinking of the people like who are the various people involved in what i'm trying to kind of like achieve who can i kind of like bring on board who can i reach out to um, so that's your that's your way of initiating uh, things. Uh, does it contribute to something greater? Like Aquarius Rising has this way of looking at whatever it is that they do in their individual life, whatever it is that they start, whatever they get engaged in. It's like, is this contributing to something greater than just my own existence? Yes or no? If it's a no, then very likely it's like, oh, I don't think it's for me. I don't think I want to get involved in this. Like, what's the point? Aquarius is very much identifying also as a rising sign, identifies as um, part of a group, part of a class, part of like a certain movement. And it starts things and it gets engaged into things and it involved into things with that group of people that they belong to in mind it's contributing to something that leaves the group better than they found it uh, in initially um and yeah that I, I suppose that is incredibly telling of the work that you are doing yeah with, that uh, makes <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So actually, speaking of Back Home to You, you and I have a bonus class inside Back Home to You for my students. So we don't even talk about the sun sign or the rising sign. We talk about the moon sign. So this is the third type of sign that is most commonly talked about. And inside Back Home to You, you and I actually sat down to talk about how you can use your moon sign for inner child healing because we do a ton of inner child healing work inside Back Home to You. But adding in astrology is just like another layer to that. So 
I think most of the people listening to this episode right now will be familiar with like sun, moon, and rising. So do you want to talk a little bit more about the moon signs since we touched on sun and rising? I would, I would absolutely love to. And uh, by the way, to, to those of you who are listening to this and haven't yet watched the bonus mo- module, go ahead and listen to it. Uh, I think it's, I think it's very kind of like useful information to have access to. So the sun, moon, and rising, like exactly like you're saying, is the the big trifecta. So I like I laugh because when astrologers get together, it's like, what's your what's your trifecta? Like, oh, I'm a I'm a Cancer rising, an Aquarius moon, and a uh, sorry, an Aquarius sun and a Capricorn moon. Uh, so the moon, um, as part of the big trifecta, is our feelings. It's our emotions. Um, it's our instinctual nature. Um, the moon governs how we react to things. So most of the time, most most of our life actually is comprised of feelings and reactions, despite whatever our conscious, uh, logical, egotistic brain is telling us. Like, oh, I'm in charge. It's like, no, 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 no. You are like you're kind of like in the backseat somewhere sun (laughs) like our ego is somewhere in the backseat and the moon is doing the driving the instinctual nature is doing the driving and then the sun kind of like steps in and and starts to to uh i I would say uh bring kind of like a proof that the the choices that we're taking instinctively are uh, correct so the moon governs how we react to our reality um, what is our default mode? Um, and also the moon, uh, because it is linked to emotions, it governs what uh, our inner child needs. So it governs deeply sub- entrenched needs into our subconscious uh, that we need to take care of if we, want to, if we want to feel in harmony with ourselves, if we want to feel safe, if we want to feel secure, if we want to feel uh, at ease with ourselves, I strongly recommend kind of like getting, first of all, knowing what your moon sign is and then getting down to the symbolism and the needs of your uh, moon sign. Um, the moon also represents uh, our perception of the mother. And it is usually that perception of the mother that we internalize and that becomes our inner voice. So to get back to kind of like the inner child needs and uh, what we what we should be listening to in order to feel safe, secure, and taken care of. Um, I always go back to the moon sign. For instance, the moon in Aries uh, needs to feel like they can act um, without feeling encumbered by other people's input. And when they feel like they can't act according to their own impulses and like what's going through their head and like what they want to do in the moment, um, they can get incredibly impatient and they can actually react very aggressively, like physically, verbally aggressively. Uh, they can literally like throw things at you and they say, like, I don't know what's gotten into me. It was for the, of the moment. Like I, I have zero clues. Um, the moon in Aries, like the, the inner child of the moon in Aries needs to act uh, and to feel like they are, they are their own source of authority and there's no one standing in the way. Um, the moon in Taurus, uh, on the other hand, uh, has this, this need of feeling uh, nurtured by sensual and material comfort. So moon and Taurus needs to know where their next meal is coming from. They need to know that they have a roof over their head. Um, they need to know that uh, their physical needs are taken care of. And if they're not, and if they're anxious about it, and if they're like, I don't know what I'm gonna eat next, I like it might sound like a small thing. It's gonna give you anxiety, Moon and Taurus. <laughs> so 
first things first, take care of the needs of your inner child. And then you can kind of like carry on with your life um, a lot smoother, a lot easier. And it's also about acceptance because our moon sign can be in a completely different sign compared to our rising and our sun. And like the conscious mind is saying one thing, whereas the subconscious, the moon is saying something different. So once you know, you know what, I'm a multifaceted individual. I can want different things at the same time. I want something and my, that's what my mind is telling me. I need something. That's what my subconscious is telling me. I got to take care of all of them. And if there's one that I would say pro to prioritize, it's the moon. Because <laughs> if the moon is, doesn't feel like it's taken care of, it's going to feel insecure. It's going to feel anxious. It's going to rely um, it might rely on very destructive habits, actually, when it feels like its needs are not taken care of. So it can take refuge in uh, addiction, for, for instance, just to, to kind of like give an example. So take care of your moon needs first, and then you can go, go ahead and like embody whatever principle you want to embody in the world and be like, ah, I believe in freedom. It's like, okay, but have you eaten today? Are you hungry? If you're hungry, then it doesn't matter what you believe in. <laughs> you're going to feel like crap. Yes, we need to take care of our inner children, like I say. So right. in addition to your horoscopes, like the monthly horoscopes, you said you also started adding in kind of like the new moon or the full moon readings and actually when this podcast airs we are going to be experiencing the full moon in November so the last full moon that we had was a blue moon and mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong but that only happens like 70 every like 70 some years and, and, uh, no a little bit more often than that so I think it's it's roughly like two and a half years but still people oh. get freaked out about it because it's like oh what, what is I this read mean? something on Instagram that said 70 some years um That's it might so have crazy. been related to the sign that it was in oh. it could have been related to the sign okay yes. okay yeah. so that yeah. would make more sense so yeah. there was a blue moon on Halloween and yes. now we are about to have another full moon at the end of November. If you want to talk a little bit about that and what we can expect from it. So uh, I, I'm, I'm actually like some astrologers might listen to this or people who dabble with astrologers and they might say, Rox, you're crazy if you're excited about this. It's like, like things are going to go down. Um, so we're stepping actually into eclipse season, which is, um, is like full moon season on steroids. <laughs> so uh, to talk a little bit about the symbolism of this uh, full moon that is coming up at the end of the month uh, on the 30th, it's actually happening in the sign of, uh, in the sign of Gemini. So um, people who have planets in mutable signs, such as Gemini's, <laughs> I know, Sagittarius, Virgo, and Pisces may feel like they are kind of like triggered and they, they may feel like they're in the center of attention more than other signs. First of all, that's the first thing. Um, secondly, uh, this is the second um, eclipse season of the year, so to speak. There was another one happening in um, uh, over summer. We are uh, going to complete a cycle that we started over summer because that's what a full moon brings. It brings with it a peak it brings a completion. It brings a culmination. Um, it brings the end of a cycle. Um, 
and people feel very on edge. <laughs> there's like this feeling of like crisis in the air, but there's also a feeling of this is it. It's done. It's over. Like we've reaped the seeds. We've reaped the rewards. Like this is the result of the last six months that we have put our energy and time and effort into building um, over the past six months. Um, lunar eclipses are indeed full moons. And this one is going to trigger the sign of Gemini and the sign of uh, Sagittarius. If we think about mundane astrology, so astrology that is concerned with society and what's happening in, in, in the whole world, I would say this full moon is very much going to be focused on politics, for one, um, on the idea of travel, uh, on the uh, because both Gemini and Sagittarius are concerned with travel. Gemini is short distance travel, Sagittarius is long distance travel. Uh, Gemini and Sagittarius are also concerned with education, both of them. Gemini is kind of like early education, Sagittarius is kind of like higher education. So we may hear news of, of developments around education out into the world. Um, Gemini is also the media. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if kind of like the, the talk of the day around the 30th of November is very much focused on media outlets. And uh, there may be kind of like, because uh, this is what happens at lunar eclipses, there's things coming in from the darkness coming into the light. It's like, here's this grimy little secret that we've been trying to hide. Uh, and there you have it. And it's exposed. There's like a certain feeling of exposure. Um, and like we know there's been like scandals over scandals around like fake news, like uh, media outlets kind of like being biased and whatnot. So I wouldn't be surprised if that were the the talk of the, uh, of the day. Um, for all those of you listening at the time, literally, um, your best bet is to not make two very set in stone plans for that time. Uh, the full moon is happening in a mutable sign in Gemini, uh, which should allow for changes of change of schedule, change of plans, change of scenery. You might have to travel at short notice. Um, you might have to like take decisions at short notice and adapt and um, essentially expect change to be the, um, the massive theme and the more attached you are to a certain plan or schedule or way of doing things the more likely you are to feel um harassed by this full moon because it's going to ask you to think on your feet to be quick to be nimble like gemini like mercury like uh like like hermes the messenger of the gods and be like okay like here's an here's another card what are you going to do with it oh here's another curveball what are you going to do with this and kind of like play the game and move around and be swift and uh also be <laughs> be open to all the various pieces of information because gemini also rules information along with media so that's kind of the symbolism uh be open to receive receiving news and pieces of information that you are in privy to that may actually change what you what you plan to do for the next six months in your in your life it's useful to kind of like have a have have a, um, a picture of your birth chart at hand to see where gemini falls in your uh, in your chart and that is kind of like the the, the part of your life that is going to be um 
highlighted at the uh, at the time of the um, full moon at the end of at the end of the month or or you can watch my november horoscope <laughs> which is up on my youtube channel and you can also listen to a, a bit of a more kind of like in-depth by sign to what's happening around the around the 30th but i'm very excited because there is a change in air so after scorpio season which may have felt like uh dark and heavy and uh kind of like as if we're we're, we're going through a process of rebirth um entering into eclipse season uh on the gemini sagittarius axis brings news it brings information we're talking we're interacting we're planning uh it's like oh did you know this and based on the new uh, information that surfaces. It's like, okay, this actually changes things. <laughs> so uh, I am excited for uh, a change in the air. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. So speaking of full moons, and since that's kind of what's upon us, would you be open to sharing like any full moon rituals or practices? Because I know I do like a personal full moon little ritual for myself that feels good for me and I have a lot of questions about creating rituals and I really love sharing with my ladies how to create like a feel-good morning ritual or an evening ritual but what would a feel-good full moon ritual look like? So I'm 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 I very much play it by ear, and I I, I like to say that I, I work mainly with with the mind, <laughs> essentially. So I I can't say that I'm big on uh, rituals that involve external kind of like props, but considering that it is uh, a full moon, uh, especially happening in an air sign. And in general, when there are full moons happening in air signs, uh, such as uh, Gemini, uh, Libra, Aquarius, um, air governs the mind. It governs the intellect. And full moons govern releases and peaks and culminations. So uh, a full moon ritual is should in if if we are to adhere to the symbolism it symbolism of it uh, should focus on releasing uh thoughts uh, and thought processes and patterns and mindsets that no longer serve us and being open to receiving new information to receiving new perspectives uh, new ways of looking at the world that actually change our belief system they change our thought uh processes our patterns and it's a good time, I would say, to um, write down to write down the the thoughts uh, and the mindsets that you consciously realize are holding you back from fulfilling and manifesting um, a happier life, uh, a more serene life, uh, a uh, more serene kind of like state of mind. Um, and I'm also big on burning. I gotta say, write it down, make a make a list. Gemini loves list. Do your bullet points say, I don't need this in my life. I release this thought. I also release this thought. I also release the third thought and then go out in your garden or somewhere safe in a park <laughs> and then burn it. Uh, and that is probably like the, that, that's kind of like, it's simple. It's my favorite way of doing things. Uh, it's paying homage to uh, the element of fire as well, which is concerned with the future. So you are burning what no longer serves you in order to create a new future for uh for yourself so um that's my uh my very uh uh simple but to, to the point full moon I ritual love it. 
lists and burning things. I love it. it. Perfect. So we can all do that on the November 30th full moon together. We should all do that. And everyone can tag you and tag me. Um, But speaking of, so that means we have like one month left of the year. And then it's hard to believe, but we're going to start a whole new year, 2021. So I feel like, well, you could get your birth chart or your natal chart read at any point. But it would to me, it would feel very exciting to have it done in like December so you can see what the next year kind of looks like for you. So do you want to kind of talk to us a little bit more about what having your natal chart would look like for people that are curious about it and have never had that done before? Absolutely. So um, the very first uh, step into uh, kind of like the world of astrology that I always recommend to people is uh, having someone interpret your uh, your natal chart, which is the map of the sky at the time when you were born. Um, what can the, na- the natal chart tell you? Uh, the natal chart is considered to be, in a way, the root prediction. So it uh, the natal chart uncovers symbolic archetypal themes that your soul is said to have chosen to experience in this lifetime in order to evolve karmically. It's a process of learning. And the natal chart reflects both our internal life and our external life. So it's said to reflect our inner psychology um, and the various facets of our uh, psyche and our personality and the less integrated parts of our psyche as well, which can feel like, oh, like it's so external. Why is this happening to me? Um, that's usually like a part that is unintegrated within our psyche. And the natal chart is also said to reflect symbolically the external world and the different types of circumstances, relationships, and people that we are likely to encounter in this lifetime. Now, the natal chart does not um, predict or doesn't show, doesn't uncover exact material manifestation of anything. It can't tell you if your partner is going to be blonde uh, or tall or anything like that. What it can tell you is your expectations, your subconscious expectations of relationships, your approach and attitude towards relationships, how you treat relationships in general, and based on that, how relationships are going to treat you because your internal world is reflected on the external world and the other way around. It's like a mirroring. So by understanding our natal chart and by uncovering these uh, subconscious paradigms that we carry with us, and that uh, in a material day-to-day level can manifest as literally being attracted to the same type of toxic partner, for instance. It's like, why do I always attract these types of toxic partners? And it can be as, I say simple, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> it can be as as kind of like a concise as this is a lifetime first for you to learn to be independent and to live with yourself and to appreciate your own company before you can attract a partner that is supporting it's supportive that is sensitive that pays attention to your needs until you learn to live with yourself comfortably then you may attract partners who are incredibly needy or who are very undependable you can't you can't rely on them so these types of um, archetypal patterns are reflected in the uh, in the chart in our relationships in our relationship with our family in our career uh, in our attitude towards our career 
now the natal chart also helps us have a better relationship with ourselves first and foremost. So by looking at the various planetary placements uh, in uh, different parts of our chart, in different signs, we get a better understanding of our inner complexity and the fact that there's inner conflict in all of us. And once we understand where that's coming from and we make peace with it and we we learn to get ourselves better, it's much easier to go out into the world and say, you know what, I want this. And so I know that instinctively I would choose that, but I know actually if I choose that, it's gonna result in kind of like the same pattern repeating in my life. So do I really wanna do this? So by, by bringing the unconscious into the conscious, um, we can make better choices or, or like choices that fulfill us more because the way I look at it is I don't think there's like good or bad and in, in kind of like these, these types, these types of like polarizing terms, especially when it comes to our psyche. Um, I think we just are <laughs> emotions just are, there's no better or worse emotions. Yeah. Some of them are pleasant. Some of them are uh, less pleasant, but in the grand scheme of things, they all teach us something. Uh, they all represent uh, who we are and uh, something that we we get a learning from. So in the grand scheme of things, you could say that everything that we've lived contributes to who we are now. And that's, uh, that's just it. And something that felt painful a while back, we're looking back at it and we're saying, you know what, that really motivated me. That motivated me to improve or to make a change or to get out of that toxic pattern and that toxic relationship with myself or with, with another uh, person. So it's a tool for self-awareness. It's a tool for understanding us and the outside world better. It's also a tool, I believe, uh, that makes us a lot more tolerant both to ourselves and others. It's like, now I've, I've looked at the charts of my parents so much and I felt like every child, I felt at one point like so disappointed in them and so judgmental. And then by analyzing their charts, I'm like, oh, now I realize that when you were being like so, when you were acting so crap towards me, it was coming from a place of nurturing. It's like, that's how you show nurturance. I'm like, oh, oh God, I can't, I can't turn back the time, but now I understand. And I feel like that gives us a lot of relief. Um, and it also validates our feelings because it's so important. It's for something external, like something like a language, like astrology to validate something and to say, you know what, you're not crazy. What you felt was like, it was the real thing. And look, this is the source. This is, this is the correlation. This is what you can attribute it to. Um, saying that I do believe that uh, astrology works through the law of correspondence. So it kind of like reflects what's happening in the cosmos at the time of our birth. And astrology continues to reflect the both our internal world and our external world. And it doesn't work through the law of causality. I don't think astrology causes something. I think it reflects energies that are already at play. And through uh, knowing the language of astrology, we can make predictions because we know, okay, when the this setup was in the sky a while back and this is what happened, <laughs> maybe it's going to happen again. And according to like the thousands of years since astrology has been around, it tends to repeat itself. Everything is cyclical. So like we're always going through circles and chapters and circles and chapters. And yeah, it's it's the big wheel of life, isn't it? So fascinating. Yes. Girl, I could keep chatting with you about astrology, but I really do recommend everyone go over to your YouTube channel, listen to 
the forecast about the full moon that you have up and then if the December forecast is already up or it will be in a few days it will be check it out so so excited but one last question that I ask all of my guests and what does it mean to you to be unbreakable (sighs) Um, uh, I'm gonna be very cheesy but I actually do believe in this um be like water. I don't know who said it. I read it somewhere and it fascinated me. It's like, we all try to be like so strong and kind of like resilient and like hard. And like, we imagine a wall and actually water always wins water through its softness, through its fluidity, through its adaptability. It conquers all it covers the earth. It uh, like extinguishes the fire. It moves the air or it absorbs the air. Um, water always wins. So be like water, be, allow yourself to be soft, allow yourself to feel things, uh, allow yourself to act in flow with life rather than against it, rather than forcing things, rather than like fighting things. It's so much easier to act in flow with the energy around you in the same way that water would. Um, but we're not taught that, are we? Like our, our, our society, our systems, like they, they don't teach us that. Uh, they, they teach us to, like wanting to like control everything and to repress and all of these things. And it's like, no, whatever you try to repress comes like flooding back again. I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue to like go with the uh, water metaphors. Um, allow yourself to flow through life. Don't fight it, accept it, embrace it, accept your feelings, honor your feelings, honor what's happening in your life. And sometimes like it sometimes choose your fights. <laughs> you don't have you don't you don't have to like uh you don't have to fight every fight. Sometimes kind of like flowing around it or finding a way or kind of like finding a way through it is the best course of option what despite whatever cultural expectations there may be of us. And I'm I'm consciously trying to be more like that I am not like that (laughs) I really (laughs) love that thank you for that that was so beautiful and it's just so clear why you and I connect so deeply and we got really close really fast so I love it and you'll definitely be on this show again for our listeners that are listening right now and want to find you like on social media and stuff. What are your handles? Where can people find you? So I'm obviously the most active, as you've mentioned, Meg, on YouTube. So my YouTube channel is uh, written in the stars, like the song, uh, but it's actually written in the stars by Rux, R-U-X. My name is a lot longer than that. Um, I'm also on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, On Facebook, you can find me written in the stars by Rux. And on Instagram, you can type the same thing. But if you want to know what my handle is, it's R-U-X unbelievable in one word. And I know that's so cheesy, but hey, who says we can't be cheesy and have fun with our handles? I love it. Your handle can be anything you want it to be. For the longest time, my my handle was Meg, the RHN, because I was a registered holistic nutritionist. So it was Meg, the RHN, but I had so many people tell me that they thought like it was Meg and then my last name. And they were like, I cannot pronounce your last name. I was like, never mind. This needs to change like right now. (laughs) 
I love, I love, I love your current ha handle, Meg. I mean, Thank I know it's so well. It's like spot on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is my name. So there you go. Thank you so much. And like I said, you'll be back. I really enjoyed Happy. this. Always fun with you, hun. Same. Bye. Bye.